Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Sarah Box here, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast show. I'm really looking forward to sharing today's guest with you because Anne is somebody that I have known almost a year now, but have worked with in various aspects, both on my own business, but then watched her work with other people. So I know she has a lot to offer and she's very fun and energetic. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about her background first. She has been working in marketing and business for 41 years. It's kind of hard to imagine, but she spent 13 years in the corporate business sector and management positions and then became an entrepreneur. And since that time, she's been building her own businesses for the past 28 years. She's founded and built six businesses that she's and sold five of them. So she's got that whole experience of knowing how to build something that's profitable, make it appealing to someone else and sell it. But she's also very passionate about helping other business owners build their companies into an asset that they could sell someday if they chose to. And I think what is what I value about Anne, besides her personality and her friendliness and her caring about other people's success, is that she really does help folks focus on what they're doing, why they're doing it. And if that tail, like I say to my clients, is like, are you letting the tail wag the dog? Um, Anne's very direct about calling you on that when you go, start going down all these paths that don't go there. But Anne, if you would do two things for me in introducing yourself, um, talk a little bit more about your professional background, and then talk about your role as a grandma, because I know that lights <laughs> you up. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me on. I am honored to be here with you. And I know this is going to be fun. But so, so Sarah has already said a lot of what I do, but I basically at this point in my life, in this stage in my life as a grandma, I, I actually work with entrepreneurs, coaches, business owners, small business owners, helping them really grow and scale their business. And a lot of business owners uh, make business much harder than it needs to be because they don't really know the levers to pull, the high-level steps to focus on, the things that are going to really help them drive their business, and they get stuck in the weeds. And so my favorite thing to do is get them really focused on the things that are going to make the biggest difference in their business, not just financially and profitably, but give them the life they want and freedom from their business. So it's no fun if you're a slave to your business, right? And so that is my passion and that's my mission. Oh, the grandma thing. Wow, yeah, let me talk about that. So yes, I am a grandmother to three-year-old triplets. They just turned three in October and they are absolutely the pride and joy in my life. I mean, I loved having kids, but having grandkids is special. There's just something, it is like a circus all the time, (laughs) but they keep me young. You know, I'm still giving them piggyback rides and I'm still doing all these fun things with them all the time, climbing with them at the park and going down slides and all of those things. So I have to stay young for them. So let me ask you, when they get a little older and they want to jump out of a plane, will you do it with them like you do with your son? 
<laughs> so yes, Sarah, I did skydive this year. It was one of the things on my bucket list. And my son bought me that actually for, I'm trying to think if that was Mother's Day or my birthday. One or, but I've been talking about it for a few years and I just had never done it. So I did it with my son, with the triplets' father. And yeah, you know, if they want to do that, I mean, more power to them, right? And honestly, it's safer than people really think. I mean, I know things can happen, but it's it's fairly safe. So. I think you're probably one of the coolest grandmas I know, including myself. So, because I don't think I'm that cool, but I think you are. So, <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about, because, you know, I gave a little bit of information about how you evolved your own business over the years. And from our previous conversations, I know you've been very intentional about who you work with, how you do that, and how you've kept it so it fits with what matters to you in your life. And I think that kind of story or viewpoint is really helpful for folks who think that, you know, they're going to leave maybe a corporate sector and start something of their own, and they think it will be the be-all, end-all, but there are real considerations. So how did you navigate that so it didn't become like the mini-legged monster that just kind (laughs) of consumed you? (laughs) Well, that first of all, that's a really great question. And I think the I think if I had to sum it up really into one answer, it would be you have got to be adaptable and flexible. And you cannot go into business thinking there's only one way because you have to be able to make shifts. Um one of the things that's so special about people in small businesses, and one of the reasons I love working with small business is because they can shift with the wind. If you think about like the corporate sector, they have all this red tape, right? (laughs) They have all these loopholes that they have to jump through. And it takes them so long to make decisions and make changes. And in a small business, though, we have the luxury of just making a shift. If something isn't working, you're not married to it, make a shift. Um, And I've had to do that through 29 years in building my businesses. Nothing ever ended up the same way it started. Business evolves. Business is a living, breathing, moving thing. And if you are not living, breathing, moving with it, you're going to go away. You're going to become obsolete. And it's really important to understand that. What do you think are the key pieces of mindset that allow someone to adapt and not just think they're failing because their original idea isn't going to play out anymore? Again, I think, I think really understanding and, and just realizing, look, if this doesn't work, this, you know, this isn't the end. Let me see how I can make something work. And one of the things that I I teach entrepreneurs and business owners to focus on is look at what is working and make it work better. Like really optimize what's working in your business. And then what isn't working, either look at how you can fix it or how you can cut it away. And that's one of the things that when I go in and work with people in their businesses, the first thing we look at is, okay, what's working well? What do we need to ramp up? What do, how can we like how can we really optimize and maximize this? And then let's look at what isn't working so well. Sometimes they don't even know, Sarah. Sometimes we really have to break it down and look at the numbers and, and see what's working and what's not working. But most of the time they, they do know. But if they just focused on do we even need this to work or is it just something that's draining us or weighing us down? And if we focused all of our attention on what is working, 
how much better could we be? How much more could our business do? So that's a very much strength-based approach to focus mm-hmm. on building the assets side versus trying to shore up all of the deficits. You are absolutely right. Now, some things we need, right? Mm-hmm. There, are, there are always going to be weaknesses in every business that you can't just you can't just cut away. For example, if your if your people are not your sales team is not performing, you can't just cut that away right? You have to, you have to make that work. So there are certain aspects in business, but again, it's about the high lever things and the high leverage areas that you need to make work. And most other things are just noise and they're just getting people, they get people stuck in the weeds. So there's just so many things all the time that go on in business that business owners tend to focus on or putting out buyers. They just tend to focus on those things when really a lot of those things aren't even that big of a deal. If they just focus their energy on the things that are going to make the difference in their business. And again, you have to fix, sometimes you have to fix things. Sometimes you have to fix weaknesses or you have to bring in people that can do that for you or be that strength. But at the end of the day, there really are only five or six areas in business that are even going to matter. Give me an example. Can you like, what are those areas that matter? Sure. So your sales, obviously, your marketing, your product or what you are delivering obviously has to be premium or you have to be at the top of your game, customer service, those types of things. Your prices, a lot of times business owners are not pricing in the right way or they're not making enough sales. So those are all, so sales can be a few different areas. It can be conversion where you're not converting enough sales. It can be that you're not, you're not increasing your sales. So that sales can, you know, there can be a lot of areas, Uh, obviously your team, your people, your processes and your systems that your processes and your systems are the things that are going to keep you from putting out fires over and over and over again, the same fires over and over again. And it's going to help you leverage your time and what you're doing in your business. And it's also going to be something that can help your team be successful. And then uh, finally, profitability and cash flow, the money, the financial side of a business. Those are really the, the main areas of business. Everything else is, again, just really doesn't, isn't really relevant. We hope you're enjoying today's episode brought to you by the Strategic Vision Mastery Quiz, a quiz designed to help you know how you're doing in the eight areas of strategic goal achievement. Just hop on over to sarahbox.com to access your free quiz, and in just five minutes, you'll have your results with links to valuable tools and resources to help you advance to your next level. It's all free, no strings attached, no kidding. And if you find the quiz helpful, please share it with others, friends, colleagues, co-workers, because when one of you succeed in life, all of us benefit. Now back to our interview. So when you start working with someone, do you find that um, there's an area that people tend to gravitate to or away from, like they're more reluctant <laughs> to look at one area than another? Oh, that, that's a great question. Um, so everyone thinks that marketing is the answer to more cash flow, to more sales, to more profitability, to more growth. They always look outside. They always look at, at marketing as, as the answer and sales. Now, if we're talking about like entrepreneurs or coaches, they tend to shy away from the sales thing. They don't like it, right? Business owners, though, 
are very different. They're, they're very driven towards sales. So, so it really depends on the target or who I'm working with, but marketing, everyone thinks, Everyone thinks marketing is the answer to their prayers and it's going to save their business. Now, don't get me wrong. Marketing is super important. But for most businesses, especially when they get to a certain level, if they don't optimize and maximize what they're already doing in their business, marketing isn't the answer, for example, for a lot of situations. So when I go in a lot of times to do maybe a business turnaround, marketing is not necessarily their answer. If they are spending money to bring revenue in the front door and they are leaking money out the back door because of the things that are going on inside of their business, no amount of volume is going to save them or help them. And so a lot of business owners don't realize this and they don't look at their business in that way. So it's interesting you differentiated business owners from coaches, <laughs> so, which we're so, all business owners, but, well, but uh, no, I, but I, I wanted to think about that because when I think this actually is a follow up on a conversation I had recently where someone said, we don't often differentiate between a business owner and a business doer like the person. So I'm a coach or a consultant and I'm in the business, right? If I'm not mm-hmm. in that business, there is no business because mm-hmm. I'm the generator right? If you think about it that way. But when you're talking about a business owner and the systems and all of the, you know, bringing in the front end, back end, there's, an, there's actually a place at which that business owner could step out and the business would continue to run mm-hmm. for a time. Maybe, you know, do you see what I mean? The distinction? Oh, I definitely know what you mean. <laughs> so I was just wondering. <laughs> so it made me think about that. Like, so do you see that as a, um, like a mental block for someone who sees themselves as the primary deliverer of their services and are so identified, for instance, with the brand that they don't want other people involved or to create systems that would allow more flexibility for themselves. Well, I mean, this is such a great conversation because this is something that I really, really talk a lot about to coaches. So, you know, coming, getting into businesses and founding businesses for myself, I always had a passion for what I was doing and I loved what I was doing. And so I tipped, I got into those businesses until later when I really understood business. I got into those businesses thinking I wanted to do my thing, right? And so I, there's a difference, Sarah, in being a job owner and being a business owner. And so I talk about this all the time. So I highly recommend that it doesn't matter what kind of business you're in, you need to build a business, especially it does come down to vision. What is your vision? What, it, what do you want for your business? You need to look at the the end goal, and you need to basically reverse engineer and make decisions that are going to help you reach that end goal. But one of the things that I talk about is for a lot of coaches, they don't even really think of their business as a business, but it is. And the danger, even in my business, I have a team behind me. And my goal is to continue to grow and build my business just like I have the others. That if I want to step out, if I want to exit, if I want to sell it someday, that I can do that. And I highly suggest to people or at least open their mindset to think about their business like a business. Because here's the thing, Sarah, what happens if you're the, you, you, you're the everything in your business? You're the only person delivering. You're the only person doing all of the, the moving parts, but mainly delivering your thing. What happens if you get sick? 
what happens if you if if you have something go on in your life that doesn't allow you to do your business your income your revenue all of that just stops your business basically goes away right and so you have to think about these things. And if you're just doing your business, if you're just a coach as a hobby or you're just a coach as a second income and it doesn't matter, then that's one thing. But that's what I'm saying. You have to know what, what am I trying to really achieve and accomplish in my business? And so it, it doesn't matter. You can do it either way. But the one thing I will tell you is there is no job security in being self-employed. <laughs> that is... But there's not. Well, there isn't, right? Because it's a business. And you work for someone who sometimes can drive you nuts, yourself. Yeah. That's exactly, that's true. That it is true. Absolutely so, true. But I love how you do that distinction between the two, because I think starting with being clear about why you're even doing what you're doing will set a or should set a structure for how you proceed. And really, and I know people go, well, I'm, I'm going to do this until I retire. And I'm thinking, you might, but you might grow tired of the intensity of it. And who's going to mm-hmm. support you? Even if you want to keep doing the main part of it, mm-hmm. you're going to want help. Um, and if you're anybody like, I think people who are entrepreneurs or business owners often get bored doing identical things all the time. And so it's like, <laughs> you want other people to help make that strong for you. So people you work with don't think all of a sudden you've checked out, you know? That's a, that, no, that, that's, that is really a great point. And one of the things that you have to think about too is it really, truly the best business is one that can run without you. I mean, that is the ultimate best business. And even though you may not be at that place yet, you should always, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, you should always be building your business as if you wanted to exit tomorrow. Because the best business is the one where you get to pick and choose what you want to do. So let's say, I, you know, I don't know that I'll ever want to quit coaching and consulting people in their businesses, but I don't want to have to do it. There's a difference, right? And so even though I'm not at that place yet in my business, I'm working towards that. And But that is very important to me to be able to say, you know what, I want to take a month vacation and I want my business to continue to go and thrive and run without me. But when I come back, I want to jump back in and work with clients. And, I, and so it's, I mean, that's just the best thing ever. It's kind of fun. I know we do, um, our little tiny small team had our, start of our business stuff for 2020. We've actually been having conversations. But I said, well, here's my goals. By the end of next year, you all are going to be doing this for a month without hearing from me. Everything will either be redone. You'll be able to do it. And there's like a little bit of silence. And then it's like, okay. (laughs) Everybody's on board. But part of it is that I don't, same thing, right? I don't know that I'm going to want to do that, but I want mm-hmm. to be able to. I do know that I want to be mobile next year because I want to be on the road interviewing people and doing things, um, traveling. Mm-hmm. So I, that means someone's got to be minding the store, if you will. Yes. So absolutely. I love that you make that distinction that you have the ability to do it, whether mm-hmm. you choose to or not. And it, it's freeing when you start thinking that could be that way. It so, really is. Yes. And I think even or also for businesses that may be different. So I know a lot of our listeners are executive directors of nonprofits or major mm-hmm. main 
major management in other firms, right? They're saying, well, I'm not ever going to leave necessarily, but I'd love to be able to take a sabbatical without all Mm -hmm. the stuff I'm responsible for just kind of falling through the cracks. Do you think your philosophy and approach works in those situations as well? Yes. I mean, I, I think so. I think that anytime, and, and I just, let me make sure I understand the question. So are we taught, we're talking about nonprofit business. So basically we're talking about businesses, even though they're nonprofit. Yes. I think it really comes down to, there's no distinction. The only difference is one is for profit and one is not profit, but they're still a business. They still have to make money. They still have to serve. They still have to do all the same things a business has to do. And so I think it's, it's the same thing. You have to really make sure that you've got the team in place so that it's not dependent on one person because the most dangerous place for a business to be is to be dependent on one person. Um, even, you know, I've sold by businesses, Sarah, and one of the things that I teach people in their business is to build something that's turnkey that someone could easily, if you decided to leave your business tomorrow, someone could easily step in and take over that business without it skipping a beat. Really, really important. And so a nonprofit needs to operate that way. Especially because their margins are so small or in many cases, non-existent or even Mm -hmm. upside down. Yes. So, And um, sometimes that's because they don't know how to really build the business side of it. Exactly. Exactly. So when you think about turnkey, I know that's a very familiar conversation to folks like yourself or who've change businesses, but what does turnkey mean? You know, if we just made it real basic, like how would I know if I were buying a business, is it turnkey? Oh, that's a great question. So my favorite analogy is think about McDonald's. Think about McDonald's. Nothing is left to chance. Everything that they do is systematized. Everything that they do is, is if they can teach 16-year-old kids to run those businesses and make billions of dollars, Sarah, <laughs> we've got it. We have, a, we have a prayer for our business, right? So think about nothing is left to chance. Even pulling the lever on the ketchup to go on the hamburger, it, it, everything is measured and tracked and put into systems. That's turnkey. So when I sold my businesses, the new owners were able to always just step in the customers were still there. The staff was still there. They just had to kind of get trained in the business. But nothing skipped to be. The revenue was still there. The money was still there. In fact, a business that is dependent on the owner or on one person in a business is not even something that's really saleable. Um, so. so I'm just thinking about how difficult that might be for someone to think when you're building in that way, regardless of the type of business, there's that challenge with the ego, right? Like if I make this so turnkey, (laughs) what if they boot me, right? Like someone comes in and especially if I'm not the owner, right? Mm -hmm. Am I making myself obsolete? Is that only a mindset thing or do you ever have folks that you encounter that when you're working with them? Well, I think anytime you're in your business working out of your passion, which all my businesses were like that. And so I get it. You, there is a point where you're like, oh, I don't want to turn over this control to somebody else because I'm the best. Because let's face it, we think we're really good at what we do, right? <laughs> and, we, <laughs> and we love what we do. So yeah, we don't want to turn that over to someone else. I mean, uh, but here's the thing. <laughs> 
that is an ego thing. It truly is an ego thing because it does not mean that other people cannot step into your shoes and be as good, if not better. And again, it comes down to, do you really want to be a slave to your business and be the only person that business is dependent on? I have done both, Sarah. I've been in both places in in all of my businesses. You know, when you start out, it is just you and you're just getting things going and, and all of that. And you have to really get yourself past, okay, this is all about my ego. But here's the thing. If you think about it, like I'm going to duplicate myself because you're creating the systems and the processes and you're teaching people your thing or how you do your thing that's a turnkey thing, right? But that's also getting past that. You have to get over the control piece, right? But it really is about duplicating yourself. If you truly are the best, then you're the best person to duplicate yourself. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And it's um, very freeing when you realize if you can duplicate yourself, Mm. right? You know, besides the whole thing of like, what a relief, right? There's someone Mm -hmm. besides me who could do that. For me, when I know that I'm not the only one, that just opens up this space for thinking differently about what could we do? Where could we add more value? How could we do something even bigger or better that Mm -hmm. you can't think about when you are like just grinding it out to get it done? So. No, that's a great, that's a really great point too, is that you can accomplish more when it's just, when you're just not a one man show. I mean, you can, you can go bigger, you can do bigger things, you know, especially for coaches. I tell them this all the time. You have a passion and a heart to help people, but look, if you're not profitable, if everything's dependent on you, if you're, you're like you said, you're just grinding it out all the time. there's nothing, Sarah, that can suck the passion right out of you any faster (laughs) than being in that place for very long. I mean, that's just the reality. Everyone burns out. You know, we all get tired at times. We all have times where we want to step back or we just say, I just don't want to do this today. Right. But if you are, if everything is dependent on you, you don't have a choice. And, and so really, again, the best place to be is to not be in that situation and be able to pick and choose, but you can, you can accomplish so much more if it's not just you. And for me anyway, it's a lot more fun. Oh, it is. And it's more more fun fun. working with people. I mean, it's so much more fun for me to have a team and and instead of just flying solo and doing everything myself and trying to wear all the hats is not a, it's not a fun way to do your business anyway. I don't care what anyone says. (laughs) They're big fat liars when they say (laughs) that. (laughs) That's right. So, you know, going into 2020 and one of um, our businesses kind of themes for the year is practical and tactical. So it's really important for me. I always need to understand the rationale. What's the thinking? How did the evolution come that we're in this space around business? What have we learned? But then it's helpful to have like something practical or a tactical way to change either how I'm thinking or operating. And I'm wondering if you have some recommendations you might make for our listeners as they think about their businesses going into 2020 that could set them up for maybe even more success than they're already having? Sure. I mean, I would, I want to talk about some very basic things that a lot of people don't do. 
And that is, again, I talk about the end result. I talk about what's your vision? What are you trying to accomplish? If you don't know where you are trying to go, (laughs) good luck getting there, right? And so your plan, your goals, where you're trying to take your business for for the year, figure out what that is first. What do you want to accomplish in 2020? And then reverse engineer and start thinking about the steps and the milestones that you need to achieve to get there. And I have to tell you, when you do that, talk about something being freeing, it will eliminate chasing shiny objects. It will eliminate being overwhelmed, being overworked. When you only can focus on on going one direction, it makes your business so much more enjoyable. And, and it's easier to make shifts. It's easier to course correct. If something isn't working, then what can I do to make it work? But you don't take your eye off the goal. You don't take your eye off the ball. And you just keep making those little shifts. It's a lot easier to make small shifts than it is to go chase a new shiny object. Does that help? Uh, that's perfect because you keep the goal and you adjust the strategy. That's exactly right. And the tactics, yes. Mm -hmm. But the goal remains until it no longer fits or you say that doesn't fit our business anymore. We have accomplished it. Yeah, or you evolve. That's right. Or you evolve. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, Anne, what is up for you in 2020? And where can people find you? Those, because I know there's going to be people who want the answers to both of those questions. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I have some very exciting things going on. I am going to be, number one, I'm going to be doing some more speaking. So that's on my on my list for 2020. But I have a brand new book coming out. So this will be my third book. And this one is specifically for coaches, consultants, service providers who want to be in the coaching or consulting space. So it's the name of it is Expert in You. And you know, Sarah, that I teach people how to package up their expertise and build an entire coaching or consulting business around it or a service-based business around it. So it's expert new, uh, build a, a lucrative and impactful coaching and consulting business with your expertise. So that is actually going to be released here probably from the time we're doing this podcast, maybe in a, the next week or two weeks. So that will be kind of my strategy for 2020 when I go and speak. That's going to be kind of what I'm promoting to really help people who maybe want to leave the corporate sector and get into their own business, even if that's another income stream or another thing that they want to add in their life, or people who are already in the space that want to really explode that and and go bigger. So that that's kind of my that's my big thing for 2020. And I've got some new programs that I'm doing around that as well. That's exciting. I'm very excited about it. Yes. And then I will never quit working with small business owners. I always, so my thing is, you know, I help people make six to seven figure high profit leaps in 12 months or less. And so that can be small business entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, but then I help people really build a lucrative and impactful coaching and consulting business too. So I kind of have two sides of my business, actually. You're multifaceted. So (laughs) I started in one before I got into the other. Oh, there's a good tip for everyone. Get one thing working first before you add on another another area or another that, main area. That is a good thing, right? Get get solid before mm-hmm. you start expanding. Yes. 
So where can people find you, Anne? What's the best place to um, connect with you and see what you're up to? Well, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn or Facebook, either one of those places. But you can also go to annlcarden.com or you can go. To, I actually have two, two sites, two websites. I have one for small business owners and one for coaches. Another tip for you there. Keep it separate. Or you can go to anncardencoaching.com. Okay, we'll put links to all that in the show notes for you. And I would have a request of you, maybe six months after your book's out and you've been out on the road and doing your thing, would you come back and update us on what people are, how they're reacting and some takeaways people are getting from all of your knowledge and expertise? I would be honored to do that. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, my goal is to always have fun working with people I respect. (laughs) and who are doing good things in the world. You check all those boxes. I just wish the best for you. I know it's a big deal launching a book and you're going to have so much success. But thank you for being our podcast guest this weekend. Sarah, thank you for having me on. And it's always so much fun to catch up with you and reconnect with you. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. We hope you liked what you heard, and if you did, we ask that you go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, please be sure to share. And until next time, have a great week living a no-labels, no-limits, and no-excuses life.